Hello and welcome to Build Back Better, a series of online conversations from For the Region about the future of South West Wales. Hello and welcome to Build Back Better. I'm Dawn Lyle from For the Region. Today I'm excited to be talking to Ivian Williams, who is the CEO of Circular Economy Wales, a community interest company campaigning for all things circular economy across Wales. Ivian, thanks for joining us. Welcome. Hi Dawn, very pleased to be here. Very excited to share with you some, some of the things we've been doing over the last two years. Loads to talk about. You're involved in so many things. Tell us a little bit about Circular Economy Wales. What are you as an organisation? Constitutionally, we're a community interest company, and that really reflects our mission, which is a people's circular economy. Um, so I'll invite um, viewers to uh, Google, oh, you know, after this meeting, uh, let's concentrate let's <laughs> concentrate on this the time being, but after the meeting, Google circular economy initiatives, and most of the time, It'll be things happening in, in the corporate space, um, efficiencies within uh, manufacturing and industry, which is great. It, you know, it, it has to happen in every sector at all levels of society if, if we're going to have a full circular economy. However, what we're doing is, um, is filling a gap. The gap is there being operated by community-focused, people-focused organisations who have been the engine driver of... I'd say ingenuity around circular thinking for the past 20 uh, years. Very often doing things without much uh, praise and, uh, and glory, just getting on with the sort of hard and fast work in, in their own communities. You know, I'll, I'll just give you a, a couple of examples really uh, before expanding on, on what our vision looks like. You know, just have a look at what these groups on the ground uh, look like. They're dealing with um, picking up uh, reuse uh, materials, turning them into wealth, uh, either, you know, either upcycling, but also we've, we've been working over the years with recycling curbside systems, designing them when Wales had no curbside systems. And in fact, in the early 2000s, it was the social economy that um, held the, the first international conference on zero waste here in Wales at the uh, Bulkley Arms in Anglesey with Snowdonia over the Menai Straits as a backdrop. And the, the declaration, the international declaration for zero waste was launched uh, at that uh, conference with, with a number of uh, Welsh participants being part of the co-writing of that statement. Another thing to Google, zero waste. It's all over the place now, zero waste Brazil, zero waste Europe. A zero waste goal for, for for Wales, which wasn't taken too kindly to in when when we took it out there multi sector, we try to bring people in the room who, let's say you know like the status quo were, you know were quite comfortable with the gate fees and landfill or, or whatever. But I think even they are, are coming on board of of uh, you know have been sort of coming on board. But the community sector itself has always been there at the forefront of innovation and pushing what the circular economy looks like. So to, to wrap up in my little intro here, uh, I would say that the people's circular economy is one that uh, fulfills services and needs for, for people in communities. So using circular models, grabbing what is readily available to us all in communities in terms of resources, and thinking, 
what can we make? Can we create a sustainable business and a sustainable service for people in, in their communities? Because it's, it's certainly needed at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So enabling communities to create, I suppose, streams of income or to meet local needs from turning waste into value in some examples, but really the way that circular economy models can empower communities to do more for themselves, as opposed to the kind of corporate business idea of circular economy that many people are fixated on. So that's working with social enterprises, I suppose, and community groups. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we ourselves are a social enterprise, a community interest company like like for the region, I believe. So we we said from the outset when we set up two years ago, we wouldn't exclusively work with social enterprises. We'll work with all enterprises who are fulfilling roles or have the ambition to fulfill uh, roles for communities to be part of the community resilience and well-being agenda that for the region are very familiar with. We stand alongside you as allies in in, in that one. But to give you some practical um, examples, if you like, of, of what we could do, where we could go now, uh, we decided to look towards other countries where they were a couple of steps ahead of us in terms of setting up uh, projects to fulfill various social needs. Because, yeah, it's very easy, isn't it, to rest on our laurels that we're a third, I believe, second now in, in, in the world in terms of recycling. But, but also there's a, there's a lot of areas where we've dragged our feet a bit and the sand in the hourglass is running out very quickly. Polar caps are, are melting and we do um, you know, need to look at other countries. And if they're doing one particular aspect of the circular economy well in Bolivia, hey, let's, let's, just, let's just copy that. It should be repl replicable in, in most countries once we've overcome the various cultural differences and, and whatnot. So we put together um, a vision, a, a practical uh, toolkit, working alongside our international, our international partners, uh, and you can see uh, their names in our, uh, in our brochure, which is all about placing the uh, well-being within at the heart of a circular economy. You can download this in, uh, from, in Welsh and English off the landing page of the Circular Economy Wales website. And in there, you'll see um, not only initiatives, um, people involvement in Wales, but also internationally. And I think that's that's uh, very important. We need to do it as a global family. So we've worked with them, and uh, we're trying to shoehorn in things that have worked, things that have think, you know that have been tested and, and proven. So in in this uh, interview, I can take you through uh, a couple of those and how they could. Benefit Wales. I don't know if you wanted to pick pick one from here to, to kick off. Yes, I would. Well, what I've been reading about recently and has been in a lot of the kind of Welsh news is about a, a project called the Kellin, which sounds oh, really right. exciting. A um a currency project. Um so we know and we've talked a lot before about the importance of keeping more of our spending in Wales in our local economies. Last year, the Welsh Government launched a foundational economy challenge fund and talking about the yeah. foundational economy as being, you know, the things we need and use every day. How do we keep that spending in the region, in the local economies? And so it seems to me that the Kellin project seeks to 
address that challenge. So tell us about all your work leading up to that. And I, I gather it's launched quite recently. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's very exciting. And, you know, people might be asking, well, where does a complementary currency fit within your thinking of a circular economy? Well, uh, at the end of the day, you can recycle 100%. But if, if those companies are collecting additional revenues and the share dividend is going over off a stike, could be enjoyed by somebody basking on, a, on an island somewhere in Barbados, well, probably not in COVID, but perhaps they'll buy their second yacht with all of our efforts from, from Wales. Uh, but really, this isn't the circular economy uh, to me, and I know that wouldn't be the interpretation of uh, the people of Wales' desires for a circular economy. If you were to sit down and speak to every citizen in Wales, I'm sure they would agree. So uh, we thought in that idea of circulating uh, wealth, we thought, well, what are we getting at? Is it 100% recycling? Well, no, we, we want to retain wealth. The, the recycling is a means to an end. We want the profits from it, the opportunities from it to also circulate within communities. But the Kellen is uh, much larger, of course, than recycling initiatives. Uh, it's, it, it aims to, within a, a club, if you like, of uh, Welsh-based SMEs, community-facing businesses, there is an opportunity to uh, shorten the mileage of, of supply chains. Uh, so there's a carbon uh, saving there in all of the models we've seen in Sardinia and in Switzerland, where they've been running this since 1934. We've seen examples there of um, additional uh, liquidity, uh, additional trade, because they're building up loyalties within business-to-business uh, -business, uh, transactions. Just to finish off on this one with the liquidity aspect, if you've got the option of utilizing some goods that you've got that are spare capacity, stuff that isn't being used on the back shelves, in the back room, another business in a community in another part of Wales needs that, you can use that and sell it using Kellin and earn credits uh, and also purchase with those same Kellin, either that you've earned or with, with a credit line we're giving people. And by doing so, this utilisation of the Kellin means that for a portion, a portion of your transactions, you're not using sterling, you're saving your sterling. That's why it's a parallel currency or complementary currency in that sense, because it, it actually makes your sterling bank account healthier. So this isn't toy town money. This is, this is very real. And that's the economic benefit that SMEs in, in, uh, in Switzerland have enjoyed since 1934. That extra cushion, something to fall back on. And in, in, in most cases, it, it, it levels out at around 10% of, of transactions are usually done uh, with one of these systems where, where they're operational uh, for a member. Uh, so it's not, you know, it doesn't replace, it's not going to scare the horses, it's not a threat to conventional currency. It in fact enhances the economy and, and importantly in Sardinia during the last downturn, it meant that community facing businesses, many of them were saved because of that extra lifeline. Uh, that means jobs saved in local communities and you know, businesses that go back generations. So you know, this is going to play uh, a useful tool. So look out for the symbol there.
it's in a pilot stage at the moment. So really we're looking for uh, people who are really going to support it and, and maybe be a bit patient with us as we, you know, tweak and hone uh, the systems. Um, you know, we're, 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 hand, we're hand-holding groups through the process of using the web app. Yes, it's going to be a bit clunky in the first uh, few weeks and um, as, it, as, it, as it was in Sardinia 10, 10 years ago. Uh, but we're in it for the long haul. Uh, the reason why we picked this particular system as opposed to a kind of Bristol pound uh, model was that it's very adaptable. Our ambition is to, uh, to offer this uh, to members of the public in good time. Tell me how, if I'm a small business owner, so for example, I am a small business owner, I run a, um, a computer graphics company, right? We're a service-based business. How could a business get involved with Kellen? Is it particular types of company that it's gonna suit? Or if I'm a sort of passionate local economy person and I run a business and I think, okay, I wanna support this trial and this pilot, is it a matter of um, joining the community and offering a certain amount of services through the system? How, how would that work? Yeah, well, well, first of all, uh, you jump onto the Kalin.Wales website. It's there in bold letters on the landing page. Join us, put your details in there. You wait for us to cluster together a, a critical mass of 10, 20 people so that we can have a, an online event to take take you through the processes. That's how you would join. Uh, it's it's free at the moment because it's in, in, in a pilot stage. If we do bring in a charge, it would only be to maintain the system itself. Nowhere near the the bank charges and interest charges that, uh, you know, going for loan finance to, to plug that gap would uh, would lead to. But, but you said, you, you know, you're involved in graphic communication and uh, things like that. Well, you would join before taking you through the process of how it works and how to use that web app. We would look at what you've got in terms of spare goods and services to advertise on the portal. And the second question, what do you need? What goods and services do you need to run your business? Things that you just have to buy. And if we can save you a bit of sterling by you getting this via Kellen, then, then your quid's in, uh, literally. So, you know, if, for example, let's say reams of paper. You need reams of paper to, or, you know, to print off posters and uh, booklets like this. The onus would be on us then running the Kellen to look to target our recruitment in the next stage around your needs. So it grows around the membership. It evolves and strengthens. Every month that goes by, in theory, the Kellen gets more embedded into, into SMEs and communities and their needs. I can see that it's one of those projects that needs early adopters to come on board, as you've described, you know, being patient, being prepared to, you know, help, help work it out so it needs early adopters who are sort of enthusiastic supporters of the idea and um, it needs to get to that kind of critical mass but in theory it would mean that from our business perspective customers across Wales could buy from us using Kellen we could say okay a certain amount of our work will will accept Kellen for as yep. long as as you say then some of the supplies that we need maybe that's printing services or, or something else or or coffee for the office or whatever it might yep. be if we can spend some money in Kellen and I can appreciate that will take a little while to get mm -hmm. to but is that the stage you're at then recruiting early adopters to come on board early, with the pilot? absolutely and the advantage we have, of course, in terms of bringing on board early adopters is that 
people are generally excited about this. It's novel. It's uh, and as well, it's not too novel that this is an unproven system. It, you know, it's not only has it been running ten years in Sardinia. It's been replicated ten times on the Italian mainland. And out of those ten, interestingly, only one started to wobble. Okay, so I don't know what percentage of private businesses would wobble a few years in. However, when they looked at that one, it came down to the way it was managed. And they, the Sardex of HQ in Sardinia sort of took over that one out of the 10 for about 12 months. And then they were back on track again. So that was good. And then the other thing, you could look back even further in Switzerland, where it's been in operation since 1934. And uh, Bernard Lietar, uh, a Belgian economist, uh, said that he said that the, the Swiss via, it's called the via, meaning we, ours, he said the via is the secret ingredient that is core to Swiss economic success. And he, he, he ends that YouTube presentation, you can all see um, that little snippet by saying, why aren't other countries doing it? He just can't can't understand. And he describes it as uh, an economic biodiversity, an ecosystem, rather than having a monoculture of one. The interesting thing from our point of view is that this is community focused. This isn't Bitcoin, which is something you would invest in for personal gain. And this is always a question, is this Bitcoin? Well, no, no, this is, this is for a collective or group. So, it, it, you know, it's appropriate that the Kellen is, is, is owned by, by its members, is a a kick or a, a co-op or, or, or that kind of thing and, and we can uh, tweak that as the uh, as the pilot goes on of course as people come on board very exciting okay well i will uh, i'll go and have a look and sign up tell me That's... how did you come up with the name kellen what does it mean okay well kellen is uh, holly in welsh um at the most simple level it has uh, the welsh colors the red berries um which bearing the fruit the evergreen leaves that don't fall when the tourists have, have gone and leaves that have evolved to protect the assets of the of the bush of the tree if it's given a chance to grow this imagery i'm giving you now was given uh, by a poet Ivor ap glynn who saw the, the the imagery in this and uh, welcome to the kellen if you google that on on youtube you can see his his presentation written by Ivor ap glynn the uh, poet, national poet of wales 2016 and then it also has white flowers not Everybody knows that, but it has white flowers, so it's got, yeah, you've got all the Welsh colours. Kellen is, is something uh, protective in, in Welsh history. They, they used to plant, there's Garth Kellen, which was a hill fort on the northwest coast. It stops sort of people looting and rampaging and keeps people safe, that kind of thing. And also, you know, sad part of history back in the, in the 50s and 60s when Capel uh, Kellen, the village, a, a community, was flooded. So the word Kellen has been part of a, of a, a negative psyche, a, a dark period in history. And in picking the name Kellen, I also wanted to turn this name around so that Wales takes ownership of, of, of the word and, and doesn't remain in the past of victimhood. Yes, a nod to the past, remembering Capel Kellen, but looking forward to, you know, Kellen being associated with community rebuilding with rebirth and uh, working working uh, together. And it's not, incidentally, this isn't um, Trump isolationism, uh, putting barriers and walls up. Um, mutual credit systems in different regions fulfill the needs of their own SMEs, but also work 
with others in other countries and regions when you know you've exhausted all possibilities to get that particular widget in Wales you can speak to somebody else and we've got an example you know in, in one of the English regions and we've got an example of that parity network was set up in Birmingham headed by uh, the great Stuart Bowles who's also an advocate of the mutual credit system and that's you know, mine and Stuart's uh, long-term ambition to make those links as well. So it's an effort that stretches around the world. And it sends a message out, really, in in these times where contemporary politics has pushed people towards the vision uh, to be working with Switzerland and Sardinia and Italy uh, and Wales to be working with the, with the English regions. It's um, a positive uh, thing. So many positive things. Yeah, I love the symbolism in the name. And um, I think a lot of our listeners will be keen to support so I'm just keen to put out the encouragement to businesses mm-hmm. across southwest Wales to think about jumping on board we'll certainly be doing so and looking forward to seeing how this pilot develops so uh, yeah best wishes with that and we'll no doubt keep in touch let's talk then about some of the other you call them blueprints and uh, let's yeah, come back to yeah. some of those other kind of community focused circular economy projects which offer opportunities for communities to kind of meet their own needs by embracing circular economy models. I was interested in particular, you've got various things here that really seem to meet the needs of communities. Um, Talk to me about the community fridge and then also starter packs for the homeless. Yeah, uh, some great examples that, well, uh, first of all, community fridge, we could see that this was being, you know, England is stealing a march on this. doing incredible work, over 100 set up in the last three years, 97% of them still in operation uh, because they've got the development tools right. They've offered us those in in an agency, those development tools. So we have those in partnership with them at our disposal to make them work. Um, There have been a couple of community fridges set up in in Wales already, uh, two or three, but we feel the number could be even more. It could be offered to all communities in Wales because there's a light touch but numerous approach, if you see what I mean, rather than setting up a, a huge monolith to, to deal with, with, with everything in a region. This is uh, you know, small and accessible. We're positioned to, to be able to, to carry this forward. We're actively looking for funding so that we can just put you know, a couple of people on the ground, perhaps one in the north, one in the south, uh, to look after, to begin with, five or six community bridges each, and they have responsibility to build up from that. Uh, so that's what we're, we're doing. We're, we've applied uh, a couple of times, you know, like any, any organization looking for funding, we've had a couple of knockbacks that we've learned from. One of the things we've learned from is by us working with Hubbub and, and looking towards uh, industry who have fridges, we've got deals now uh, for free fridges. So this is a wonderful match uh, fund that, you know, the capital item is free and up for grabs what we what we desperately need is you know just a couple of people on on the ground who can delve into this it's just such a uh, a big problem i think for all of us is that there is capital funding available isn't there for yeah. the capital costs but very little funding available it seems for the people to actually do yeah. the work and spend the time and that is that human input that is just so critical to all these projects isn't it Absolutely. Um, that, that What you just said resonates with me hugely. Um, I used to work for a grant funder called Environment Wales, and it offered a sort of doctor's kit bag in its day of different developmental grants. 
And uh, one of them was, you know, if we developed a, a new project to a certain stage and they would benefit from having a paid person in position to take it to the next stage, then uh, that was one of our grants. And we, we funded a lot of things that um, are now exemplars in Wales, including uh, Newport Waste Savers was actually set up with an Environment Wales grant and uh, person revenue uh, grants as well. Um, and that really, uh, Newport Waste Savers has become the uh, the blueprint and is by far the, you know, it's the best example of uh, community-owned, high-achieving recycling in the whole of Western Europe. And the, it, it, it's that uh, that's been sort of uh, sort of copied, if you like. We would certainly like to see the sector, uh, you know, community-facing sector, being able to access uh, funds. Uh, to develop a lot of the brilliant things that they're doing. One of the sector's frustrations is, you know, when they're going for Welsh Government funding, that they need to have a local authority partner, because nobody in the social economy is offended by partnership. Uh, far from it. They're extremely good at working in partnership. But it's the nature of that relationship that's um, that's, that's deemed crucial in, in the, the, those grant applications, where the local authority becomes the, uh, the, the checkbook. And we've seen uh, members of ours waiting for money to come through for weeks, months, um, and then uh, to hit a bit against a brick wall where uh, the local authority officer changes and the local authority officer starts to question why this grant was applied for in the first place and then drags their feet and then nothing happens. And then meanwhile, the social enterprise who whose name is emblazoned all over this uh, project, people are asking questions, well, why haven't they delivered? Well, I can tell you why they haven't delivered, it's because the, 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 the way it's been structured. And it goes back to the fact that legislative requirements of local authorities to collect waste, but at the end of the day, a lot of reuse materials, a lot of the things that we're talking about collecting here, are done by community groups. You know, there's no onus upon the local authorities to collect those things. Let's have, let's have partnership. But, um, you know, let's have equal partnership because social enterprises at the moment can only apply via a, a local authority, whereas local authorities can apply directly and private enterprises can, can apply directly and academia can, can apply directly. So you can talk about and theorise around the circular economy. Um, you can make profit for shareholder dividend out of the circular economy. But if you want to do something in the community, you can't. Now, that seems doesn't seem to be... Uh, we feel what we're offering is in absolute lockstep with the ambitions of the decision makers in the Welsh government. And, uh, you know, as soon as uh, decision makers who are going now into an election, um, as soon as the penny drops to them that the community sector on, uh, you know, in, in Wales is on the side of um, the Future Generations Act, on the side of people, the communities they represent, I think they really should spend some time examining this and recognising that Wales has only got to uh, the second highest recycling uh, figure in, in the world because the people of Wales have been doing the recycling, not, not governments. And, and really, uh, this, this programme is about giving back to those communities, people living in Wales and their communities. What have they gained from doing the recycling? We do it because we, you know, we know it is the right thing to do, not suggesting anybody stops recycling for one minute. But there are huge opportunities to, to channel some of this into uh, opportunities for, for our young people. So one of them is community fridge. It, at one level, 
it's a, a means of, uh, of of local businesses saving on waste costs. So there's a benefit to that sector. Uh, on another level, it's a depository and a pickup point for surplus in-date healthy food. And it's classless. It's non-means tested. There's an opportunity for people all walks of life to come in and just to engage in this and share like communities used to because it's the right thing to do, not because they're poor. Yes, Community Fridge does benefit all of those people who are in huge need at the moment, but equally it can benefit middle class people and, and people rolling it for, for, for all that, for all that, you know, because it, this can benefit everybody and we, we, we shouldn't put barriers up. So that's, um, that's the first one. The second one you mentioned was homeless, uh, homeless packs. This, this idea has risen from, uh, well, from social enterprises doing this kind of work uh, up in Conwy, Newport. Uh, a lot of groups on the ground have been doing some incredible work around that because they're dealing with a lot of reuse materials such as you know, sofas, curtains, towels. All of these things could be put together in packs to furnish uh, homes. Uh, we've already got you know, the incredible uh, green stream flooring head, headed by uh, Ellen Petz, who's... Uh, uh, one of our uh, one of our directors on the board you, you know you, you you've worked very closely with uh, with Ellen I'm sure uh, Ellen's outfit is taking uh, reuse uh, carpet from the offices uh, from the edges of offices that doesn't get the the wear and and, and putting them into uh, carpet tiles for people's homes uh, so that children have safe warm uh, soft environments to, to 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 play in and how homeless is you know, let's make no mistake about it. Is going to be, is, it, it is going to be on the rise again. Um, the the deeper we get into this never-ending pandemic, so those two are examples of what we're doing. I'll I'll come on to uh, precious plastics uh, as well, which which I think um, all your viewers would would love. Hasn't been spoken about in Wales as yet. Yeah, I really want to talk about precious plastics. I mean, just on that thing about furniture packs for um, homeless people moving into new properties, you know, it's a, it's a real challenge, isn't it? Often they might be allocated um, a, a property to move into, but they haven't got anything um, to set up home. Yeah. And we see that on the Facebook community groups that we might be part of, don't we? Every now and then there's somebody some well-meaning person yeah. will put out a call and say has anybody got any uh, bits of furniture that could go to this new family that needs them mm. and there's always an outpouring isn't there there's an outpouring of people saying yes we've got this we've got this where can I bring it I've yeah. got this stuff and you know those materials and resources they're there in our communities in abundance people want to be able to give them so I suppose it's a project about just creating some structure through which that sort of giving um, can happen um, more consistently and more reliably and not just depending on the odd Facebook group but actually some structure around that. Absolutely because the, the the will is there and you know I think you've alluded there to that rise in community sharing that we've all seen uh, during during Covid people connecting with each other but you know also to, to say that this has a long history in in Wales and I mean a lot of the social enterprises who are our, our members have been uh, long-standing, long-serving enterprises around for about 20 years. And this comes back to that point I was making about their ability to reach into community far deeper, far more deeply and far more effectively because they're, they're, they're working at the coalface of communities day to day. 
they've got the tools to reach into them uh, far more deeply. So, and to, and to, you know, grab materials from, uh, that, you know, that are no longer needed and put them into use. So, uh, so yeah, that, that, that's, that is the big opportunity. We can turn, we can turn everything around. There's, there's things in our communities right now that can be utilized to ensure that people don't go without food, that don't go without um, shelter and furnishings and, and everything else you can think of. Plus, um, the opportunity to create new things for, for, the, for themselves. Yeah, and keep stuff out of landfill and keep stuff out of the waste stream. So let's talk about plastic then. Lots of people really aware of the problem of waste plastic. So much plastic gets dumped. So let's talk about this precious plastic. Yeah, um, well, like I said at the beginning, um, we've looked for programs that work. We don't want to waste our time or, or uh, Welsh communities' time. So we've gone for things that, that work. Uh, Precious Plastic uh, came out of the Netherlands. A guy called Dave Harkins came up with the concept. And he's, he's had graduates, postgraduates, people from volunteering from all over the world going there, camping out in, in huge uh, industrial units that he's been... Um, gifted uh, on loan um, in the Netherlands. People have slept there together, built, created the, so the, the social media, the machines, but machines for community level reprocessing of plastic. So sure, in Wales, we've been very good, haven't we, as communities, collecting and remo removing waste from the wrong places, from our rivers, our streets, um, and even our beaches, uh, sadly. But now with this added incentive, you imagine a, a precious plastic unit at the end of the street where young people, not excluding it to any age group, but um, a lot of young people have embraced this in the countries where they have it. They go there, they can take uh, plastics they've collected, could be from their home, and then they design, they create the molds, they build products. It allows them to think entrepreneurially. It allows young people to uh, build engineering skills uh, so we could develop a generation of highly uh, of high engineering skills which was part of Welsh history but now we can put it not in it, it, engineering skills were in the hands of the, of the mine owners and the quarry owners this could be in the hands of every single one of us but in a sustainable way not like um, not like the industries of the past and, you know, people have said to me, well, what can you produce in a precious plastic unit? You know, this, it, you know, it, it can barely fit into a shipping container or a back room in a community centre. Well, yeah, it's designed at that sort of small micro level uh, so that you can get hands on and dirty with it. Um, but, you know, it, it, you can you could make, for example, children's climbing frames. So if a bunch of kids come in uh, from the local school wanting to install climbing frames in the park or school, they could build the, the component bits, the, the various bars from composite plastic and, and to be bolted together. So you can allow your imagination to run wild in terms of what could be done here. And the other thing, it, it, it instills the circular economy in them. Yes, applauding it happens in the corporate space, but it's putting it in the hands of a new generation so that they, they're not just recycling, but the next generation can actually see the end result, hold the end result, benefit from it. Um, and then if it breaks, they can take it back to the precious plastic unit, grind it up in a little grinder, 
you know, after learning what kind of plastic it is and dividing it and then make something else or make the same thing again, but maybe a bit stronger. You know, this is this is what precious plastic is all about. There's a thousand of them globally. There aren't any in Wales. And again, uh, this is why we're here. We have the agency in Wales to uh, to develop these things. We've got that hotline, if you like, to the people who built these systems in the first place so we can ensure that the highest quality development is put on the ground for all these things and then you know circle economy wales has no ambition to own this kit once it's up and running uh the only thing we want to own is driving driving uh, this agenda which is nobody else is doing um but once we put the thing in place it's yours it's it belongs to the street or the community or or, or the school now, you know that's the that, that, that's the beauty here you know so that's what we're asking all parties in this coming election to to get behind because i could you know we could actually say to any mp or uh senate member regardless of party back this program and there will be additional opportunities for your constituents it it, it really doesn't lean any particular party tribal way you could look at this from a business standpoint. You could look at it from a social standpoint. Uh, it, this is an opportunity to, to unite around a radical program, and that's what we're putting on the table. You know, I'm looking at some of these. I'm an entrepreneur, and I can't help it. And I look at some, something like the Precious Plastics. They've got a fantastic YouTube video that sets out, um, you know, their, their equipment, but also talks about the business model um, and how anyone as a small community group or an individual could think okay this is a, a piece of equipment that i can either buy for relatively low cost or make myself if i'm a little bit handy so as you say yeah. it's these machines that are really accessible to reprocess bits of waste plastic into nice pellets and then make those using mold, molds or presses into products that as an entrepreneur then you could sell and they show you can make um, bricks and they can build structures out of bricks mm. or as you say sort of making structures um, kind of buildings out mm. of them or small things like key rings or light switches or plug sockets some of these things where at the moment we use a lot of virgin plastic but there's such opportunity for an entrepreneur to think I could just set up a little business here and not only that but I'm creating a facility as you say for young people in the community to gain new skills to educate everybody about waste plastic and the opportunities for more recycling and reuse it's just multi-solving loads of things but yeah. we need those passionate entrepreneurs to come forward and say yeah I could I could do this whether it's a community fridge or whether it's a precious plastics workshop it just takes that leadership, doesn't it? Arising out yeah. of communities for people to well, say, we could yeah. make this happen. Well, we, in, we invite communities, schools, entrepreneurs, whoever, to get in touch with us and, uh, and, and work with us on this. You know, in terms of a, a, a community fridge, um, you know, that isn't really a sort of, it doesn't sit within the sort of profit-making sort of realms. What needs to sustain that is a host, uh, um, an organisation with a bit of footfall. And actually, the benefit for them is that they're getting additional footfall because people have to eat every day. Uh, so they're going in and uh, interacting with all the other services and things that they offer. Community fridge sort of uh, washes its own face in in that way. If it's hosted uh, properly, um, the volunteers always uh, always come because there's there's huge cost saving benefits being involved in it. With precious plastic, if you're going to maintain that, let's look at the 
they did an audit of the thousand globally just before the lockdown, a few weeks before all this. They did an audit to see how they were faring. Most of them were sort of were washing their own face and, and being able to generate enough to to, uh, uh, to to maintain their services. But interestingly, uh, about a third of them were generating enough profit to post a, a post because, you know, they were creating product selling on on ebay but serving the community first and foremost but you know selling surpluses just to keep the operation going um so yeah they were job creating and in, and more interestingly of the third globally the majority of those were were in western europe so uh we are blessed as a first world country of having connections and the opportunities to to, to, to make this work within a small economy and, and, and allow it to stand on its own two feet and generate a, generate a job for the community. Yeah, fantastic work, Ivian. So presumably Circular Economy Wales exists as a supporting organisation for any community group, or I know you work with schools as well that want to be zero waste schools. Um, you can share knowledge and support groups to set up these projects these blueprint based on these blueprints learning from a huge international network of projects and programs around the world you'd encourage people to get in touch with you about any of these ideas is, is that right yeah absolutely we would like to do more uh, reaching out and networking we've faced the constraints of covid like everybody else we did have on um, in, in the pipeline an all wales conference uh, last year that we weren't able to do However, you know, there are online opportunities now. So um, if there are groups of communities who want to get around uh, some of the uh, practical approaches to a people circular economy in this, and we can get, you know, a critical mass of people together, we can, we can hold bespoke fit, smaller uh, events. And that's probably more, more style and more appropriate for, for Wales, because we are uh, a community of communities. We do have a a capital but we don't have that huge sort of big finance center where all the jobs and all the skill drain goes to to a large extent so yeah that opportunity is there uh, for us to to hold um, little and often but again it comes down to the fact that you know we can't obviously do this on goodwill and volunteering you know we have some some funding for our kellen pilot but we you know we we're actively looking to social funders welsh government to uh, just to, to back us in getting a couple of people on the ground who can do the running around to to help communities uh, with, with this. Yeah, aren't we all? I really hope you do manage to get the support that's needed to roll these ideas out. And certainly I think there are lots of ways in which we can work together in promoting a lot of these projects and blueprints, not least the Kellen. So we'll uh, help to champion that and spread the word about that pilot. I think that's a really exciting opportunity. I know that you share the vision really, Ivian, that Wales can lead the way, can't it, in so many of these things. You talked about how Wales led the way on zero waste years ago and still leads the way now on recycling rates. We know that things like the Future Generations Act is really um, world leading and very pioneering. And I think a lot of us just share that vision that Wales should focus around these circular economy, well-being economy issues as our unique selling point as our real brand in the world. And uh, it's an exciting vision, but we there's lots of work to do. Absolutely. I mean, I mean when, and it contrasts hugely with our past, doesn't it? When you think that uh, the opposite of a circular economy is an extractive, exploitative system where you just 
blow the hell out of, of, out of mountainsides. And you only have to walk a, a few paces in Wales, north and south, to come across spoil heaps and, uh, and, and former mines. And, you know, it always hits me when I, when, I, when I go for a walk in any part of Wales, I'll take any drive, I see, see these scars and think, well, what were we left with? You know, what, you know were those communities left any, any, any richer, uh, any more sustainable? No, they were left with, um, you know, they often dust on people's lungs and you look to the past and, and it, it is a sorry state. But in stark contrast, Wales can now uh, lead the world in terms of being uh, a circular economy. So I think it's our past really that colours and, and drives that ambition, makes it more poignant, makes it more, more of a crusade with passion and meaning for, for people in Wales because, of, because we know what our grandparents went through. And we also know that the economy, when there are downturns, it's usually um, elements of our foundational economy that start to fall by the wayside. The, you know, the, the plant down the road uh, withdraws, uh, the, a, a branch of a large global conglomerate um, disappears off the high street. And you know, we, we need to build in resilience, utilizing the tools we have, and we need to do it in a far wider sense. Um, not just the around the circulation of material, but the circulation of energy, the circulation of uh, people, talent and opportunities, the circulation of the wealth that we can generate here in Wales. So it's an all-inclusive uh, circular economy that we need to be communicating and not just uh, sort of idly thinking that this is just about, you know, melting, melting some stuff down into some ingots and making a product. Uh, it's a little bit more uh, than that. If we want a truly meaningful one that impacts and empowers us. Yeah, well, inspiring words to end on. Thanks so much, Ivan, for coming and talking to me today about uh, Circular Economy Wales and all the great initiatives that you guys are driving forward. Um, couldn't agree more with that vision and the importance of building resilience and putting communities at the heart of um, this circular economy vision for Wales. Um, I'll encourage all our listeners to check out Circular Economy Wales uh, website and look at the brochure that's been recently published, which includes all those blueprints that we've been talking about today. And let's jump on board with the Kellin uh, pilot and see if we can get some momentum behind that. In the meantime, thanks so much all for listening to another episode of Build Back Better. I've been Dawn Lyle from For The Region with Ivy on Williams from Circular Economy Wales. Tune in again next time. And in the meantime, thanks for listening.